Hello, everyone. Welcome to Measuring Fliho. <laughs> what? <laughs> it wasn't even the word I thought it was going to be. It was the name of the show. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> I was three words ahead of myself in my brain, and I, like, panicked. I didn't remember it, ironically, I you stumbled on the word that you stumble on, but in the title, not even the... Okay, all right. Let's not see. even the... Hello, everyone. Welcome to Measuring Flicks. The film appreciation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, now, now that I have Logic Pro it. too, I can put in a little boop in between. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Just a few film nerds breaking out of a rut, drooling over cinema that's hard and uncut. Stick us in your ear, thrill to this month's picks, and come and listen in, we're Measuring Flicks. Hello everyone, welcome to Measuring Flicks, the film appreciation podcast that plays favorites. I'm Carl Hartley. And I'm Max Peterson. Dude, like butter, like butter rolling Fucking out of the band, nailed it. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm I'm one take Carl, man, just, uh, you know, get in there, get it done. I love uh, how you get it, a... first time, every time. You know yep. what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> clearly. <clears throat> Hi, uh, Max. Hey, man. How's it going? It's good. It's good. Yeah. It's good. All right. Let's do let's, let's do minute amounts of housekeeping. I don't know if there's that much sure. to even talk about, but anything. I new thought you said my new. I just said my nude. Let's do some amount nude. of house. That's our new pa- our new patron reward tier is uh, nude housekeeping. Um, yep. It's it's just me vacuuming, dusting, dangling brain. That's pr- that's it. That's pretty much <laughs> you looking for a little Max Peterson brain dangle? I want to get uh, you some bang for your buck. You know, a little balls for your buck. <laughs> <laughs> it's been it's been a while without an episode, yeah. so I figured in five years well, as we've discovered this uh, podcast follow, has follow, a distinct <laughs> lack of balls. Follow our new link. Uh, to our new Measuring Flicks OnlyFans, where you can watch. Yeah. <laughs> Times are tough. The price of gas is over $5 a gallon, people. So yeah. we do. A, we got some maid service videos up. No, Bobby. Let's, here we go. <laughs> mm-hmm. Are you working on anything new right now? You got any new projects? Yeah, rehearse, rehearsals start for the mashup uh, next Monday. Okay. So that's exciting. Mm-hmm. We're doing the Beach Boys and the Mamas and the Papas mashed up with the Midsummer Night's Dream. So that's gonna be cool. It's called a California Midsummer Night's Dreaming. It did Chicago that's the big rap new. already. Chicago rap last weekend, very uh, very successful, uh, sold out final weekend. Uh, the, the, the pictures Chicago, that I saw on Facebook. Obviously, your lovely wife and patron of the show. Yeah, yeah that show was hot. You know, I was, I was going to say, I don't know how, if I'm even allowed to say it, but dude, Danielle is smoking. Those pictures. Yep, you are allowed to, you're totally allowed to say it. Dude, she's up there. She'd appreciate that, too. It's the vamping. It's that, it's there, there's a certain, she's got that, there's that, there's an aura about her. I, I don't know if it's, it's just the, the show um, or the, the light yeah, or it's, what. It's, it's, it's very much the, um, uh, the Bob Fosse choreography. It has a very specific style and gesture to it. Mm-hmm. So all the photos from the show are very Fosse. And very- Fosse's very sexy and very like... <laughs> I'm still filled with two lads' rosé of Cabernet Franc. So I've been sending people your way. And man. a half a bottle of Gewürztraminer. Okay, and well- about... 17 i keep thinking that my vape pen just is doesn't have weed in it <laughs> that it's just like a it's like a little thing it's like a like like, a like it's just a, like a yeah yeah so i'm just like like 18 hits in i'm like wait a second 
<laughs> I don't remember how feet work. Uh, yeah, and dude, then it's just the, danger zone. The problem Facebook is you Live. sit down with a J and you got some nice sunshine going and it's whatever, mm-hmm. it's Moonchild or it's Jenny Cush, like 22%, 23%, you're in for a good time. But when you take the vape pen out and try and do the same thing, that fucking thing is sometimes 90% or 93%. Yeah. And then you're like, yeah, I just smoked about a joint's worth of... And it's so smooth and easy and it just goes down like butter. <clears throat> and then you're like... But then it goes then up like rocket fuel. <laughs> Fuck. <clears throat> uh, do you have any any recommendations for this week? Sorry about the dogs. I'm in my living room, so um, I can't sequester myself away No, that's anymore. okay. So I think I think Danielle said it perfectly in regards to Disney Plus's uh, continuing run of, of uh, really good Marvel television shows. Yeah. Uh, so we watched the pilot episode of uh, Miss Marvel. Uh-huh. Uh, and so Danielle's review was, why is it that every pilot episode of the new Marvel shows are my new favorite pilot episode of a Marvel show? They're really because they continually that. get like like it's like, oh, it's freaking uh, WandaVision. That's my favorite show. And then like fucking Loki comes out like, no, no, that's my favorite show. And then, you know, what if comes out You're like this is incredible. It's just like, yeah. And now they've and got then, the Moon Knight and Ms. Marvel, the new the two. Yeah. new. I like the pivot towards. Like these uh, dropping on Wednesday television series. Yeah, kind of cool. It is kind of cool. And it's also, <laughs> I think it's appropriate that they drop on Wednesdays, uh, at least to the two comic book shops that I've had pull lists at. That's Comic Day. That's Comic Day. New yeah. Comic Day is Wednesday. So it's kind of <clears throat> cool to like, I haven't started Ms. Marvel yet, but Moon Knight was incredible. Yeah. Um, Marvel's really killing it right now. And Bird and I are making yeah. our way through the backlog of the Netflix, the original like Marvel Netflix shows. We did Daredevil. Oh, yeah, you finished Daredevil. Oh, we you finished JJ season one. Um, I just watched The Northman. The new movie from uh, oh uh, uh, our boy with the witch Eggers. and uh, Eggers yeah yeah the lighthouse and the witch Mister yeah. Brilliant himself uh, if you haven't seen the Northman the Northman is pretty fucking cool dude <laughs> uh, Alexander Skarsgård his traps might be his traps are so big in that movie that it like deforms his neck and forces his head down it's crazy Jesus. how big he got for it it has Defoe and Ethan Hawke in it too, yes right? Ethan Hawke and plays the, a Kidman. King. Yeah. Who else? Uh, yeah, Kit Nicole Kidman's in it, and Nicole Kidman is. Um, yeah, so those, I re- highly recommend The Northman if you haven't seen it. And you should, I'll tell you what next week's movie is going to be right now so that you can all watch it if you haven't seen it. Because it's, it, you can watch it. Dude, it's one I missed. I was like, I'm not going to watch this stupid movie. And I was right, it's stupid, but I was wrong. I should have watched it, and so should you. Because it's basically the sequel to what we're talking about today. So watch Con Air. I've watched yep. it. I'm about to finish my second watch of it today. So watch Con Air. It's really fucking good. It is a perfect example of that. Well, we, we're not talking about that movie. Not tonight. yet. So never mind. Yet. We'll say I'll save it for that episode. Yeah, we're gonna talk about its precursor, another movie that is essentially just a stunt reel Here comes linked the together. General. Hell yeah, dude. So uh, we are. This is a movie podcast, and today we're talking about 1927's Mad Max Fury Railroad. No wait, that's I'm sorry, that's the wrong movie. No, that's that was a joke I wrote down. Uh, the actual film that we're watching today is 1927's. Are you ready, Carl, to listen to an, another uh, silent mil- silent film trailer, which is nothing yeah. but classical music? It's gonna oh, be great, everybody. Oh, listener, you're gonna love this. This is so old timey. Uh, 1927's The General. Counted among the most influential films of all time by the Library of Congress National Film Registry, American Film Institute, Sight and Sound. Official selection, Cannes Classics, 2013. A Man and His Two Loves. The timeless classic from the genius of comedy. 
Please don't lie. I don't want you to speak to me again until you are in uniform. Greatest comedy ever made, the greatest Civil War film ever made, and perhaps the greatest film ever made. Orson Welles says that. I mean, that's what that's what this here title card in this, uh, in this trailer is telling me. So I'm just all I'm doing is reading you what's in the trailer. Since you know, literally, literally just me. Oh boy, he took a fall there. Oh, look, he's on the front of the train. Now, that's a bunch of soldiers chopping on some wood. Just chopping more soldiers. This movie looks scary. One of the greatest ever film comedies. Time Out Magazine. Keaton's masterpiece. It's Roger Ebert said that one. Uh, thrilling and remarkable stunts. Next projection. I tell you what, that's true. That's just true is what that is. He's super impressive. Oh, he's macking on his girl there. And his color palette changed a bit. That's more blue. A big old explosion and train sort of action-y type stuff, you know. Yeah, it's a train, chasing another train, and some cannons. This movie looks gruesome. Cannon fire and soldiers. Oh, stunning 4K digital restoration featuring lush orchestral score by world-renowned composer Carl Davis. I don't know if that's the version we watched, but, uh, but yeah. Alright, there's a little more here. Oh, man, they show the coolest stunt right in the trailer. That's where that, that train fall in the, anyway, I don't want to spoil it for you, but damn, it's good. Buster Keaton's most beloved film, The General, from the, some website. Well, that ain't that interesting. So, uh, yeah, that's the trailer. And, uh, ain't that funny. Well, Carl, I, I don't even know what more we honestly even need to do after that trailer. I don't think, it gives away the I think whole everyone understands. Yeah, everyone understands exactly where we're what you're in for what we're talking about yeah what, and it gives away the ending like yeah. the endings right there most of the good stunts pop up in there but luckily the, for you listener none you got none of that because this is a silent film so once again we've learned that silent film trailers are simply boring <laughs> they're they're really good for an audio only podcast i'll tell you what i legitimately might drop that i might i might do the strip out you know where i strip out the music from the trailer and get a high quality version of it I might drop that into Logic Pro and try and punch that up a little bit. You guys yeah. might be getting like a. I'm not. I'm not positive what's happening, but I might. I might fuck around with that a little because. A lot of just and you could you could narrate the I'm assuming that there were dialogue cards that were I could read them in I, oh, dude I could live I could live score read those puppies in yeah 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 that's a yeah. great idea yeah all right listen every well, once in a while you have just heard me Carl you tell them tell well let's let's do this really quick because listener you just heard me read in an old timey accent all the title cards that you didn't just get to see that's brilliant that's go for trans a... time travel go for transatlantic Trans transatlantic Transatlantic, <laughs> yes. Damn my God, Humphrey. Read in Transatlantic. <clears throat> All right, I can do and that. Throw uh, a little dubstep <laughs> remix in there. Just, just a mishmash of all the stupid ideas that I come yeah. up with as I as I as I go. All right, trailer. I want to focus on Buster Catman's Buster Keaton's master, Buster Catman. Buster Catman. 
Um, so this film is directed by Clyde Bruckman and Buster Keaton, starring Buster Keaton, Marion Mack, Glenn Cavender, Jim Farley, Frederick Vroom, Frank Barnes, Charles Henry Smith, who probably the whitest name in this list, and yeah. Joe Keaton, who I'm just assuming is Buster Keaton's brother, son, grandfather. Could be, or just share a last name. It could be. That happens it on could occasion. Be, but every once in a while, you just you see Keaton in a film directed by Keaton, and you're like nepotism. Maybe. Am I right? Yeah. It was a, and it was an yeah. older, more corrupt time, Carl. Yeah. <laughs> We're here to talk That's... about the dark, <laughs> the dark years of silent film. Those that was the era when when nepotism was new and the fanciful, and everyone wanted to do it. Well, hell, it was just something you did back then. Nepotism was just a type of cologne. That's all it was. <laughs> everyone wore it. It was delicious. You took it with bismuth for an upset stomach. I'm pretty sure it was just cocaine. Um, <laughs> so this this is a this was a really interesting movie to watch. All yeah, joking aside, this was an interesting movie to watch from 2022. Yeah. Because um, just right off the top, just so we are all going into this knowing what this talk might be, this movie is about a it's about uh, the, the the Civil War essentially. Mm-hmm. And it's about a dude living in the deep south who wants to join the Confederate Army to fight the Union, but they, but he's not allowed to do that for reasons that we'll discuss. Mm-hmm. And then this crazy bitch that he, for some reason, has a thing for, yeah, like psychotically forces him to go to war in order to be with her. That is the plot of this movie. And yep. the reason, and then tangentially related, sort of side note, I'm pretty sure, uh, I, I'm, so I called this Mad Max Fury Rail, R- Railroad. Uh, yeah, they, they get on a train to escape an area, an, a part of the world that has been uh, subjugated by a sort of pseudo-totalitarian regime that is Correct. pretty interested in keeping an enslaved people enslaved. Any, ringing any bells? We did this. <laughs> Charlize yep. Theron, Tom Hardy, it was great. And then they get on like a convoy, like a not a semi with a cab, but more like a train with a cab. And then our hero runs away from that area mm-hmm. to a land where there are no enslaved people and everyone's free. But he determines that that's really not where he wants to be. Honestly, all he wants to do is turn that fucker around and go home. And then at the end, Morton Joe's head is on the front of the train, and it's all steaming, (laughs) and like it really is bizarrely like like Fury Road, man. I was watching. Yeah, the beats, the the big (laughs) the big act, like the yeah, it's very very similar. If in broad strokes, of course, in broad the broad strokes, yeah. There's there's no real like wetland unless you count the bridge. I guess there kind of is near the end. Anyway, um, so yeah, just know going in that this. Man, okay. It was, what did you think? It was, I thought it was funny. I'll definitely watch the movie again, but I don't know if I'll do it soon. No, it was. So I mean, it, it's unlike modern times where I was sort of like glued to that to that movie because it was so well, just brilliant, and there was always something engaging happening. Mm-hmm. This I, this I think suffers more from just being a product of its time, where it's. Nothing is new. Like all these stunts are great. They're amazing stunts, but yeah. the the whole the whole thing just drags. It's very slow and it's kind of boring. And it, it puts me to sleep because it's just it's just it's a product of its I mean it's nineteen thirty something, right? So twenty seven. Nineteen twenty seven. So you know, it's well, it's a big a big gag with a train, essentially. 
it's like how many different things can we do with right. with, with on it. and around a train I, which is not it's not unremarkable it's remarkable it's, what they're doing yeah i know what you're saying we're like and i agree with you this movie is this is also why i brought up con air is yeah. this movie like con air is really fucking awesome while you're on the train and while yeah. and while fucking Buster Keaton is running all over the train, he's sitting on it while it's moving. He's avoiding obstacles that could literally, like in real life, destroy the train. He's uh-huh. on, it's, he's doing like wild stunt work. Everything yes. that's not on that train is pretty slow. It's the mad, 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 mad world problem where when the stunt reel is happening, it's really entertaining. Yeah. And when we're not watching cars and planes drive through, like. Billboards, Billboards are... it's kind of fucking boring. Yeah, it's... yeah. As soon as we get out, as soon as we get off the train and he's hiding under a table and it's a little bit silly and yeah. it's just, I don't care so much about the love story. The, well, the, yeah, the, kind of... it doesn't earn the love story because you dislike Annabelle. No, so much I don't like her at all. At all. I'm totally with you. Because she's like, hey, the only way to be a man is to go to war and possibly, you know, eat lead. Oh, I have so many. I've I've written down like chunks of dialogue. I didn't write down the real dialogue because honestly, right. silent film title cards, that's not great writing. They're just kind of no. trying to tell you like this thing is happening now. So I paraphrased right. for modern audiences. And when you paraphrase this sucker and like kind of just write what she's saying, she's a monster. <laughs> and, yeah. And he's well, an idiot. everyone kind everyone kind of is, though. I mean, the recruiting office, other humans, the father, her. This movie like, takes everyone place in- is just 1861 so like i i did at the very beginning i wrote at the top of my notes context because i wanted to try and keep this film in the air in the same space that it was made in and which it was intended Mm -hmm. to be watched in and i tried dude it's very difficult but i tried to kind of do the people watching this in 1927 are not going to be having the same reactions that i'm oh not even a little bit not only because they haven't seen john wick and know that like stunt work can really get pretty insane when you have your actors train at a high level but also because they haven't gone through civil rights yet or they haven't got like 27 we don't have the check i mean this is 1927 mammy was still a big thing i mean like blackface was openly accepted and still lynchings commonly used yeah yeah yeah. like there's that's a that is still happening freely at this time so Mm -hmm. like this is that coming to this movie you you definitely sit through this movie troubled in many spots i think that was maybe why i had some issue enjoying it because as soon as you realize he's trying to like get to help the he's confederacy trying to, win. to this confederacy right and i'm like oh okay it's, it's okay i can kind of but it sort of like sits it sits in a weird place because of that it's and it's not you, you, we've talked about another movie that's kind of like this you remember we, we just recently watched k19 the Widowmaker, and that's about a russian sub crew trying to launch a nuke to sh- to intimidate the united states and yet right. you root for that crew you talk uh we've as never... soon as you see that destroyer with the american flag on the side you're like, uss Shit. you're like god damn the enemies here like wait 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 that's wait. us baby that's uh, you that's know, you, us baby that's I've, us i've still never seen it but i think das boot is another example of this type of movie. very much so where you get connected with the German U-boat crew, and at the end, you're just bawling your eyes out because the the horrible Americans like bombed their sub pens. Right. You know, right. it's like, God damn it! How did you do that? <laughs> right, right. You, you a masterful <laughs> turn where you you 
you maybe empathize and sympathize with other humans that happen to be on the other side of a conflict. I, like it's yeah. Wild. I, I wondered while I was watching this movie if I wasn't having that same response to this film because the difference in the tenor of the film. So like with, the tone is totally. This is a comedy. It's a comedy, and, right? Yeah. So like K nineteen. And I've never seen it, but I, I've, I've seen the trailer for and talked to you about Das Boot. I feel like both of those are sort of like um, more serious dramas. You get Very emotionally so. invested in high stakes situations mm-hmm. and you form that weird tribal camaraderie with the film where you're like, you're in the, the boiler room with them. You're watching your buddies get hit with all this radiation and you become invested in those yeah. characters in this one. And you're trapped and you're trapped in a tuna can with them. Right. Like, exactly. There's no, you're in a you're in this compact space underwater and here we're not we're out and about and being silly it's just one person there's something about the being silly too that kind of like makes it difficult for me to just be like oh yeah he well he you know i don't really connect or empathize with him because like this whole time that we're doing laughs and gags you're you get lost in the in how funny and how impressive the physicality is you definitely yeah but then you see somebody in the gray uniform or you see a confederate flag go by in the background and you just like it makes it for me, like almost impossible for me to to stay in that mood. Separate that, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it really is a bummer to just see a Confederate flag roll by. Now here's a question because I didn't do because you know we're professional podcasters here at Measuring Flicks and yes. we we do our due diligence and research before uh, <laughs> going live. Um, that's a lie. So we don't do that. So, but my question is, I wonder, like, what was how what the thought was having him be a confederate soldier like was was the intent there was it to make fun of and show i don't know or was it just a choice like i feel like it has to be a choice i feel right like why but why though i mean i don't know it's i think i don't have a problem with it like to be clear like the choice was made Mm -hmm. and it's not like they're doing there's nothing um horrible you know that we don't right but like, just knowing that that he's part of the you know i, I mean I, I was trying to I think know. i was trying to think today when i sat down no I, I i see what you're saying and i totally agree like why make him it's why not make talking, him the union? talking through the booze cloud is like so hard for me right now <laughs> no worries, dude. No worries. that's why i made green tea before we started i'm like i gotta oh, you're brilliant i gotta purify my body slightly um Shit. but no i so what i was thinking was this is kind of that Tennessee Williams, William Faulkner, yeah. um, uh, James Ajee. There's there's like this tradition of the Southern writer, and there is an uncomfortable now. And okay, part, there's an uncomfortable aspect to it, but I do want to say at the top here, I do think that part of why this movie hit us so weird now. I don't know if this movie would have hit us as weird when we first started the show because 2017, 2018. Well, yeah, back then I. Yeah. I think that a lot of things changed in, like, we've very recently got, seen all of the demonstrations and seen the country ripped apart yeah. over racism and seen yeah. this argument about Confederate statues and Confederate flags in the wake of George Floyd's murder. Like, historically yeah. speaking, where we are right now, you and I, is really close to a period of intense, really disturbing tumult around this specific issue and a lot of that 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 uh controversy and that um vitriol and that like really like we've looked hard at this issue as a society recently 
And part of what we were forced to look at and, and ended up looking at was this historical time period because there were so yeah. many people who were trying to defend the Confederate flag, trying to defend Robert E. Lee and all these Confederate generals as heroes and trying to re, like kind of recontextualize the history of the Confederacy. So two years after that, not even, two years after we all go through that as literally a country, as a society, you and I sit down and watch a comedy about a Southern soldier. You know, where like it were where the movie wants you to root for the Confederacy the whole time and you're like, No, fuck that. Fuck yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. No, I we just I'm sorry, I just did like, you know, eight months of ten ten months, a year, a year and a half of having to sit with these issues, specifically some of these issues. So I it's it's a it's a hard walk for me to walk when yeah. it, you know. So I, I think <clears> that's like just living living history in the moment and then going back and yeah. Yeah, yeah, it. it's it, weird. So I, I don't know. I, I, I think it's interesting, but that's interesting to note that I think we would have talked about this differently in 2018, mm-hmm. even 2019, 2018. Yeah. We still, I mean, definitely yeah. we, we still would have been like, huh, kind of weird that our heroes are can, trying to be a Confederate soldier and the Union yeah. is the bad guy in this. But in 2022, man, that is the volume on that particular yeah. conversation is turned up kind of high right now. So it, it was fucked yeah. up to watch. Yeah, heat, the heat's turned up on that particular uh, box of noodles. You know what I'm saying? You know, the other thing <laughs> that I that kind of irritated me about the movie is I'm, and I was trying to remember this morning, but I am 99 percent sure there is not a single black person anywhere in this entire. No, world. there isn't. Not one. Nope. Not one and not just not just like you know like I want the I want all of the scenes down in the south to like show the horrors of slavery. There's just no no no. no. There's just no people of color anywhere in this movie at all. And I feel no. and well, that was sort of a thing in the 1920s and 1930s. You didn't see a whole lot of you know non non white. Oh yeah, um, I mean we watched a no. Bird and I watched a movie. They wouldn't hire. This. They wouldn't hire. Uh, um, you know. Even up into the 40s and 50s where we have people in brown face playing Native Americans. like uh, Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of examples of that. You've got Breakfast at Tiffany's, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. there's, there, or, and, and it's not, yeah, yeah, we could, we could go deep on Hollywood's, like, really troubling ra- well, like, history sure. of racism. Well, <laughs> sure. There's there's but a, it's hard not to when you're talking about a movie that was made in the 19, late 1920s. 20s. It's about the fucking South. South and the Civil South, War, and there's the no, War. there's only, like, lily white white people in the whole yeah. flick. Yeah, it's weird. It's and, and white shows up a lot whiter in black and white, too. So Dude, it's, it's, really it's like ghosts. It's like Ghost the oh. movie. Ghost Train. Yeah. Like, no Ghost shit. Ghost Train. <laughs> <laughs> There's a movie. Um, if you want to go in our backlog of episodes, Bird and I once did a movie called The Watermelon Woman, and The yeah. Watermelon Woman, which while our review of it is like not necessarily the best one ever, it was it was a really really indie flick, and it was about half good in my opinion. Um, but it deal it addresses this issue, and actually our favorite part of the movie was the parts of the movie that talk about this like history of, uh, both like. Or just general racism in Hollywood, and also this like trope mm-hmm. of, uh, like black women showing up, it, at, in the in old like movies set in the South only as like the slave confidant, yeah, or like the the nanny who the is I don't black, know nothing about wisdom. birthing no babies, Miss Scarlet. You get that, that whole that's, fucking yeah. The watermelon woman is a basically about that trope in Hollywood at this yeah. time. So it it's really interesting. It's worth watching. It's usually on the Criterion channel. I probably won't watch it again, but like give it a give it a watch. Watermelon Woman yeah. was it was interesting, definitely. Um 
so I tried to. Co- so when I came to this movie, I did as I was watching through it. I wanted to see if I could find contextual evidence in the film that would support any other reading than this is fucked up. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, okay, maybe I can. Can we read? Let's talk about this. Yeah. Can we read Johnny Gray as a good man who happens to live? Who happens to be in the uglier side of an ugly war? I'm thinking, like, could we look at him like a Russian who just trapped in Russia and hates Putin, or like a German in the 30s and 40s who's horrified by Hitler and what he's doing to his country? But I'm not, you know, like, that is a thing. There are good people who live Mm -hmm. in bad countries where you're just like, man, not not every German was a Nazi. We say it. Forever, but exactly. it, but it, we say it because it's true. There are people who are like hostages to this really bad political mm-hmm. system. But then you look at this movie, and I kind of don't see Johnny horrified. He just well, because he's not. He's <laughs> so, not. Yeah. So, but anyway, but all he gives a shit about is is the love of this woman. He's oh no, train. not his woman, dude. His two loves his engine and his booty thing. There were two. <laughs> his booty thing. I wrote down the same quote. There were two loves in his life: his engine yep. and this chick. Because they cut to yep. Annabelle Lee, and I'm like. Really? Jet, why don't you just stick with the train, man? I love the picture, by the way. The picture that he's he's given her to remember him by. It's a picture of him in the foreground, but in the background, it's his whole train. The, yep. the picture is not portrait. It's landscape, so it can fit his whole engine in the background. The picture's like 96% his train. Mostly train. Yeah, and like if you give your picture to your sweetheart, and you're only like one-tenth of the photograph, oh my god. Right. Okay, so like... Yes, we'll continue to point out the troubling stuff as we hit the troubling stuff, but we also have to point out the funny shit. Because, dude, that photo made me laugh. That was pretty giggly. Um, I, yeah, I don't think he's that... I don't think he's that horrified by the place that he lives. There are moments where you almost... You almost think that the movie's going to, like, excuse these characters or try to excuse yeah. these characters. For example, later in the movie... Uh, a little bit later, we, we find out that, um, I can't remember, John, yeah, Johnny Gray. Johnny so, Gray, yep. So Johnny Gray has this thing for this woman named Annabelle Lee. Man, they're just, they're just like, what's the most South name we could possibly name him? <laughs> Johnny, what do you color with the uniforms? Gray? That's a good Gray. Name. Yes, yes. 20 shades of gray, because it's a black and white <laughs> movie. Do you get it? Um, so Johnny Gray's going to Annabelle's door, and we get this funny kind of, you know, every time I want to say something's funny, I'm probably going to say this funny Chaplin-esque bit. But I think it's important to note that Keaton predates Chaplin. They're, yes. they're contemporaries. But mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of what we are seeing Keaton do here, Chaplin will later – he will later come to refine and perfect yeah. those, those uh, tools. And there's something about Chaplin's creative expression – that's livelier and sprightlier and more engaging to me mm-hmm. than Keaton's uh, like creative drive. I feel like the stuff that Keaton puts out suffers from what we s- a lot of what we see in the general, which is the stunt reels are amazing, but not but enough. There's, no... there's not enough connective tissue. You have these like yeah. strong muscles throughout, but there's no skeleton upon which yeah. to hang them. Whereas Chap- I think that's a really good way of like that's kind of the the whole film is that right? To- dude, totally, and and yeah. especially having watched Modern Times first, I think that was a good way to do it because you can see that in contrast to what he's doing in what Chaplin does in Modern Times, where all the stunts are 
awesome. And all the mm-hmm. physical comedy is also like really captivating. But the interstitials, the 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 stuff that comes in between the stunt reel, the story beats, yeah, it's <laughs> matter, it's, yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's funny and it's well thought out. It's well plotted and even just like and fucking endearing. Yes, man. you get endeared to the characters. Yes, he, you love them. He he brings you into the world. Whereas yeah. in this one, it's it's almost like watching someone show off as opposed to watching mm-hmm. someone who doesn't know consciously how good they are and you're impressed by them. It's watching right. a show off do impressive things or watching like an oblivious genius work his mm-hmm. craft is the difference between the two movies for me. And there's no, I, I think that you said it perfectly. There's just no connective tissue. There's no. Right, right. Those things are all great, but then it's there's this. Story beats are not there, and I don't care about them yeah, dude. at all. It's like a bunch of beautiful paintings on easels in a field full mm-hmm. of mud, and you have to walk yeah. from painting to painting, and you love the paintings, but you're just sick of all the mud in your shoes by the end of the movie. And nobody likes wet socks, man. No one likes wet. Although, dude, but I I did enjoy watching them just get rained on for an entire night. That was kind yeah. of fun. Um, I like the bit at the beginning where he's going. He's just gotten back. The Western Atlantic Flyer is speeding speeding into Marietta in the spring of 1861. And uh, Johnny Gray jumps off. He's going to go see Annabelle Lee. He's bringing her some, like, flowers or whatever. And he's just going to go and call on his, his, lady, his lady fair. And these kids, these, like, feral street kids, just start following <laughs> him like little ducklings, you know, all in a row. They follow him to her door. And then she's there, too. She's also, like, nearby. And he doesn't see her, walks right by her. And then she joins this weird procession of, like, tiny man, Three tiny kids, and then the woman they're all going to see is at the back of the yeah. line. They walk up to the door. He, we, we see him fiddle and fuss with his hair, and all this, this is great. This, all this little stuff mm-hmm. here. There's really good hand acting. There's really good physicality. It's that black and white thing where it's, it's the Chaplin thing where we see him do the but he tells mm-hmm. the story with his body. We're, we're getting lots of excellent physical acting. Can't take it from Keaton at all. He's really, he is good. He's totally good. Yeah. Um, the master, really. I mean, you don't get Chap. Chaplin is obviously inspired by Keaton. And, I and think they and I also th- and do you think they do you do you get a sense? I think we'd have to watch more of their work to really say. Definitively, I think so. But they do you feel like they could they almost like work off of each other too to kind of like how much- it feels that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely feels. But yeah, it'd be an interesting experiment to watch more sort of back to back in a timeline sort of fashion. Sure. Like, Go down like, the road. Go down the road and if, see where we can spot influences as to if, if we were a more professional podcast, we'd do our research. We'd find out. You know, there's probably papers written about this that we could read don't and be, learn. Don't be fucking stupid, I Max. would never. No, yeah. Why would we ever do that when we can just come into these things? We I, could We could watch. We could read someone's doctoral thesis about this very subject, but n- instead we're going to like or we could add hammer our, our way through. Yeah. Hammer our way through some <laughs> weird guessing. I think probably they like were felt competition for each they're, other. They're probably like fucking. I if I wouldn't be shocked to find out that Chaplin murdered Keaton in an mm-hmm. alley in the forties, you know, to really like get him off the scene. I don't. I can't verify that that happened, but that is no. how Buster Keaton died. Is Charlie Chaplin killed him with a knife? Well, it was didn't bad. They, didn't they do? It was a duel, wasn't it? A knife didn't duel, duel, yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. A, it was a. I think it was a classic. It was the classic. You know, they they band Knowing them, it would have been. 
Knowing them, it would have been like a spoon duel, like with ladles. Just... On top of a moving train. Can you imagine yeah. those two masters of physical comedy shooting like, oh my a, God. like a handcuff to each other knife duel? It would just be- I want to see that. Chaplin like dodging the knives with his wiggly body and Keaton f- doing pratfalls, going for the knees and stuff. But oh my, I'd watch it. I'd watch the hell yeah. out of that. I mean, it's it's horrible. You shouldn't support blood sport like that. But with those two, you got to make an exception. <laughs> um, I like the silent the silent era Kumite. Oh my god, I know, right? It all comes to an end. It's like the like season two Daredevil sticks get sticks in the background. Annabelle oh Lee's in the background god. getting her fingernails pulled out while they fight. <laughs> oh, sorry. Tiny bamboo reeds shoved under. Oh, her sorry guys. Spoilers for season two. I didn't. We didn't say if he lives or dies, but yeah, Stick has a bad day at some point. Um, he has a real bad day. Oh, this not good at all. The hand mm-hmm. is pretty brutal. Oh man, more spoilers. Sorry. Um, but the, anyway, they walk into. Uh, they walk in, close the door. Uh, Keaton sits down on the the couch with Annabelle Lee, and they both turn to the door and realize that the three kids have followed them in as well. Yeah. And then there's this great little bit that to me is just. I, I don't want to cheapen either man by saying, like, it's pure Chaplin, even though it's Keaton doing it, because it's pure Keaton. It's it's that silent film physical comedian thing. Jackie Chan does stuff like this, too. Yes. Not everyone has that naturalism that can sell just a simple movement as a comedic thing, but Keaton does it here. He walks over to the door, get like straightens his coat out, gets his hat, puts his hat on his head, opens the door and like the way that he puts his hat on like you believe that this guy is on he's gonna leave and he is now leaving and everything he does says all right i'm getting ready to go and all right and he opens the door and he beckons like all right after you children and they leave and then he closes the door behind him takes his hat off and just that little yeah the fact that that 10 seconds i remember it vividly it charms me and all he does is straighten his coat and put a hat on like Jack, that, uh, we'll use Jackie Chan as the neutral third. That's some Jackie Chan level physical shit. Yeah, it's subtle, it's funny, it's beautiful. I, I really, this is one reason I like watching old movies is no one really bothers, except for top top tier actors. No one really bothers with this level of attention to detail anymore. You know well, that's I mean? my yeah, that's my my note is while well, puts his hat back on to see the kids out and then. Takes his hat back off. I, it's, I made a note about it because it was. I know a lot of my notes seem silly, but like there is a, there's like a, there's like a soul in the very frames of the film. You know what I mean? There are, yeah. there are like it's mm-hmm. like those movie moments that just you can't understand why you loved it so much. But we've been done the mm-hmm. show long enough now that we know that it's probably naturalness and attention to detail. Exactly. Um. So here's here's another moment where I thought that the movie was going to redeem its characters. Dad, who does not like Johnny Gray, uh, Mr. Lee, I suppose we'd call him, shows yeah. up, and he's bummed. He's bummed. And the son, sh- uh, her brother, Annabelle Lee's brother, is there too. So it's brother, dad, Annabelle Lee, and then Johnny Gray is this like tiny, dinky third that no one mm-hmm. wants around. Um, I mean, I was going to say fourth wheel, but you, you need the fourth wheel. You need the fourth wheel, though. If you don't have the fourth. I mean, in the, by the end of the fourth movie. Fourth wheel, you might say, is necessary. These guys would have all been fucked if not for Johnny Gray, so... And ironically, Johnny Gray would have been fucked if it wasn't for these two guys. <laughs> and I'm boned. They they kind of wreck his chances with their daughter they do. sister. They they do what was known then as well. It's still known uh, now. Cock blocking. It's the it's kind a of. solid it's a solid deep south cock block that happens because yeah. <laughs> dude, it is though because like talk about being cock blocked. Brother walks in and turns to dad 
who's like standing there just mean mugging Johnny Gray, and he goes, Fort Sumter's been fired upon. We think good Southern. Is that pretty good? That's pretty good. It's pretty good. Fort Sumter's been fired upon. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and then Dad, he's older, so we got to do it. The dad turns and he goes, When the war is here, when the war is here, when the war. He's bummed. He's like sad. He's bummed out. He's like, yep. Oh man, oh god damn it. Oh dang it, man, the war's here, man. Shoot. I said, God shoot. dang, God dang, shoot, war's oh, here, man. shoot. <laughs> <laughs> that was considered a swear back then. Oh, shoot. I know. That, you, I, watch your, you watch your filthy mouth, Dude, the, the South's been breaking those borders forever, you know? Like, well, frankly, Scarlet, I don't give a damn, but everyone forgets Oof. the lesser known, the general. Well, shoot, dang. You know, like, <laughs> oh, that. <laughs> Well, call flammer shame, dang. And they're, they almost didn't. That's why they made it silent. Is they it was calm flammer, calm flammer shame, dang. Calm flammer shoot, dang. There was too much swearing to cut out, yep. so they just made it a silent film. They made like, it silent. You're like these guys can't keep swears out their mouth. I've got fifteen dag nabbits on page ten. I can't even. We're this will never fly past the censors. This won't fly. This won't fly. <laughs> We've been they thinking. Us back in the country. If is we is it. there a way you could take the one female actress out and replace her with a guy in a dress? Because the censors are having trouble with that uh, yeah. too. There's a woman in the film. Did you know? We <laughs> saw you... we saw a naked ankle. Oh my god! It's so funny you say that. Let me finish reading the rest of this note. <laughs> so Fort Sumter's been fired upon. Then the war is here. And for one second, because of the way the dad said that, um, I'm like, oh. Dad must be. Dad is afraid. You can tell by his voice. You know he, he's mourning the approaching hell that's coming to his little patch of the. Oh nope, never mind. Dad's off to war. Here goes yep. his son. They're both like, hot diggity dang, <laughs> the, the the unions here. Let's go and sign up to kill uh, kill freedom lovers. Exactly. Dude, dad and son immediately go off to enlist, and Johnny sits on the couch like, yeah, uh, have have fun dying, you fucking idiots. Good luck just, out there. Yeah, have have a good one. Um, fight hard. I'll just be here boning out your daughter and yeah. your sister. And uh, the, then she turns to him, you know, and he's like, well, hey, uh, where were we? I believe Mackin, possibly a little couch yeah. beach was going to happen. And she goes, well, and now there, you going? a dialogue card pops up, but it's it doesn't really catch the spirit of her performance. So I just rewrote it. I took the liberty of. I so. appreciate that. Well, aren't you going to go face death by gangrenous battlefield amputations on the off chance I might let you jack off on my ankles later? And he's like, fuck. God damn it. I really do want to hand shammy onto those lily white <laughs> ankles of yours, but fuck, I really don't want to die by gangrenous infection. I watched that Ken Burns thing, and it just sounds like bad. That sounds horrible. It sounds out like there. really bad. And Have you seen a picture of trench foot? <laughs> yeah, dude, That's it's just like one thing. one quiet fiddle. And then And when they had to saw and saw and saw through the bones and the blood sprayed all over the surgeon's hands. And then that man died and he moved on to the next man with the previous man's blood still on his hands. And he sawed and sawed and oh that was the wrong leg, so he switched legs and sawed and sawed and sawed and need the man on the ground he screamed Ugh. and screamed. And meanwhile Annabelle Lee's like, Isn't it glorious? Don't you want to go fight for the South in glory? Yeah. And Johnny Gray is like not really. And then she flashes a little bit of ankle, and dudes, it's a thing, man. You get titty yeah. blind. Okay? Like a little... I mean, I mean, ankles have launched wars, man. I... Like, full-on... 
I know you that's know, true. I know that's Clea, true, dude. Cleopatra and that that dude that was hanging out with her and stuff. Yeah, dude, like, Mar- Mark Anthony. He's Marcus like Saint Mark Anthony. Yeah, Mar- Marcus Aurelius Antony the third. He's like, I am not gonna go and fucking fight a war. And then she waggles a little toe at him, and he's like, I could like, be sucking on those puppies if I just kill a hundred thousand men. Launch the fleet. <laughs> launch the fleet. Yeah, dude, the fleet. And then the fleet launches, and millions die. And at the end of the day. No one gets any. You know, pain. I find I find it's ironic that it is the ankle that is um, driving men to war when it's the foot that gets cut off when it's gangrenous. It's all about feet for these people. It it always has been. Most of the world is driven by the foot fetish. We've we've discussed this yeah. previously. Some of the greatest films of our time made by foot fetishists. Some of the feet worst are fucking surgeons. gross though, man. See, I can't, I hate feet. Now you say this, but my foot fetish is well documented, uh, Carl. So I this know. is this is I'm ready to launch Fuck. a war over Annabelle Lee and I don't even like this woman but did you see the the not even the gams her legs are terrible and hairy and stinky and covered in moles and probably tumors cuz there's no medicine at this time there's but, no right but you got you can't tell me that those ankles dad I might I might throw <laughs> under, up on the mic under only huh. 6 to 8 layers of wool <laughs> oh and the skin's all thin down there too man <laughs> God damn it. All those spider varicose veins. I'm ready to go fight the Union, Carl. All right, no. (laughs) Launch the fleet. So he goes. So he goes to the fucking the sign up office and he's like, I'm here to die for your cause. And they're like, no, no. Well, okay, but to be fair, the reasoning is sound. This guy comes up and they're like, I and he's I want to fight for the war so that I can get laid. And the the recruiter's like, that sounds like everybody else. So yeah, let's do yeah. this. But then the head guy's like, wait, no, no, he's a train conductor. He'll be more useful to the South as a train conductor. They make it's good sense. Good I, that's sense. my note too. I'm like, bro, you can't be mad. You you have one you're worth more as an engineer. Killing people does not make you worth more. No. Not okay. Like Explain that to the stupid girl. Dude, they just needed to explain that to him. This is the whole fucking problem of the movie. If they would have told him why they weren't letting him enlist, none of this happens. That's my my problem with most movies (laughs) is it takes one... It takes one, one fucking word or one (laughs) sentence to clear up a whole mess of shit. The entire film. It's like... It's like, oh, because no one is just saying the thing that clearly would be stated. Yes. Like get out of here! Aggravating as fuck, it's and then so there's like this tension. Like what the fuck? Just say you know, you you could actually be very useful to us as a Southern Army, as as, a, in, as an, a train engineer. A train engineer. Let's let's end get of film. you. End of film. <laughs> and then he goes back to Annabelle and he's like, "You're gonna love this. I'm doing Check my part, but I don't have to change anything." Let's In have fact, sex with your ankles. I'm, I'm the one that's responsible for delivering supplies, ammunition, rations. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm delivering the army sauce. Doesn't, an that army was... doesn't move without without supplies. That's, that's how fucking Patton got all fucked up. Dude, that's what tanked Napoleon when he tried episodes, to invade Russia. That's three what destroyed the Grand Army. Of, the three episodes of Band of Brothers that I watched that is my entire knowledge of World War II. I literally feel like every World War II film we've ever watched, though, has had that bit where they're hmm, bit of supply chain issues on yeah. the front of front. Well, it's interesting you say that, because we're having some supply chain issues on the blah, blah, yeah. blah. And now the best part is, is we as civilians, we also all get to live with the reality of supply chain issues. Dude, well, it fucks you up. Thing. 
It really does. It's one of the hard. It's one of the hardest things to manage. Yep. For for an army or otherwise. Right. And it's one of the things that will stop, completely stop a war a war completely. monster completely in its tracks. Like, like we're joking aside, like stretching out his supply chains too long was mm-hmm. what tanked Napoleon. He was trying yeah. to invade Russia. And the Russians just kept retreating back and back and back. And as they retreated back and back, they went further north. The weather got worse. It became more difficult to maintain those long supply lines because you do need to feed your men. You need to give them more ammunition. Not to, like, too hard time date this episode, but some places in Ukraine, the resistance fighters are dealing with supply chain problems. And they're not – they don't have enough ammunition to keep fighting. If you just run out of bullets and you can't get more bullets, it doesn't matter how bad you want to You throw your rifle at the – at the enemy, dude. Yeah, like, dude. You can you can have back all to sticks and stones, man. You can, exactly. You can have all the fire in the world and want to keep battling, but you if your sword broke, you need another sword, and if you can't get another sword, then you're fucked. Supply chain yep. is real, so he's totally necessary. But then, so they walks up. If that dude who's like, no, no, he's more useful as a conductor, had just told Johnny that instead of this yep. other dude who's like, no, we can't use you. Get the fuck out of here. And he's like, wait, why? Wait, when, but no, and he's like, "Go, get out, get, get out of here." Well, how about how about change your tone, buddy? How about be like, "Yeah, oh my God, thank you are you are much more valuable to us than these guys. These guys are literally just going to like have doctors practice their bullet sponges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> these guys are literal cannon fodder." Um, but yeah, no one tells him, so he goes, "If you lose this war, and don't blame me," and. And like, okay, so then a short guy walks by and he's like, wait, it's not how short I am. It's not how tall I am. He co- he steals another guy's enlistment and they mm-hmm. keep kicking him out again and again and again. And now I'm getting irritated because the two recruiters, they could just stop this whole issue by being like, oh, dude, no, wait, wait, sorry. Yeah, you know, it's cool that you want to fight, but we just need you as an engineer. That's more valuable. One person yeah. says that to him, and we don't have the, you're short, late, well, let me stand back to back with you. Huh, blah, blah, blah. All that ends, and he goes mm-hmm. home, and and we just we get a little weird, uncomfortable 1927 kiss on a couch, and the film yep. is done. But instead, we had to watch this hour. It's, you know what the worst part about this movie? It's not even that long. It isn't. It felt very long. It's like 61 minutes, man. But you're yep. like, God, is this, this is like gone with the wind? Um. The, I think the the movie's biggest flaw is that you hate every person in it except for Johnny. Yep. Yep. Like, he That's goes, absolutely. You can't be the one and only one that I care about. In a, I need at least two to three. Uh, yeah. I need. Give me a trio, a trilogy of people. A trilogy of people? There has to be a relationship <laughs> between someone yes. and someone else that I care about, or I'm just not interested in the movie. Kind you know what I mean? Out. Even if yeah. it's a negative relationship, even if it's like, because like in John Wick, John Wick has no friends really. No, no, he has people that he walks through their lives and either leaves them living or not. So. Right, exactly, exactly. But he, but he has like these interesting, contentious relationships with a couple yes. people. Uh, the Russian There's monster. History. There's history. Yeah, 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 yeah. But in this one, all you've got is like literally the most toxic relationship ever. So what we end yep. up with is. Um, he goes back to Annabelle. He goes back to working on his train car, and he's mm-hmm. just working on a train for like a couple days. His dad and bro- or, uh, Annabelle Lee's dad and brother are shipping out, and they see him waiting by the train. And she walks over to him and says, "You're a disgrace to the South." A fucking hate. I mean, I'm, yeah. 
so many notes about this woman is just a fucking bitch. I'm like, why would why do you even He tells her the uh, truth too? Dude, he tells okay. I, I wrote down in the middle of all this happening, I'm like, I hope you all die by cannonball. Yep. Like I just all, each and every, every one, one of you, of you I hope horrible. I want to see every one of you in two pieces trying to hold stuff in. <laughs> I'm so mad at these people by this point in the movie. And then of course you gotta throw in like the tiny little one off note that goes beautifully shot though. Yeah. I mean, going back through my notes from three months ago, I think it's every every other thing that I have written down is goddamn blah 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 blah, show her. Oh, that's really beautiful. See, like it's it's very much like I can't stand anything about the plot or the people, but it's shot brilliantly and there's incredible things to look at. Yeah, dude, this is it's exactly how I am. Every other note is nice. But then it over but then it overstays its welcome too. This is by a, the end, yeah. a problem. This is a problem with a lot of like movies from the twenties and thirties. Like they find the thing that they want to do. And even more recently, like with the, we, we talk about, it's a mad, 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 mad movie chase movie right. <laughs> all the time. But it's like, that just overstays it. They, they beat the dead horse so fucking much. It's like, once you've seen the train and you've done a few things on the train and around the train and right. in the train, and then you're off the train for the bit. And then you get back on the train, and now we're doing the train thing again. We do that four fucking times. Right. By the fourth time, we're back on the train. I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to be on this train anymore, though. Yeah. Are you gonna do something new on the train? You are. That's cool. But like, I'm just fucking bored now. From the time he first gets off the train until the time the train hits the other train and falls through the burning bridge. Yeah, that's really everything cool. in between those two moments. I really don't care that much about. There are yeah. good, funny little moments in there, but you're right. That is the dullest part of this movie. But man, that last there, that last stunt reel, they it actually that last stunt reel is actually worth sticking around for. This movie is worth watching all the way through at minimum one time, probably um, because of its historical film value, but also just to see that fucking crazy i would I, i'm not a, i'm not a fan of doing this because i'm a supporter of the arts and the film should be watched sure because that's what we we talk about films in their totality so but i would say with this one probably just go watch the stunt reels on youtube you don't need to see the movie and we're back Max reap the whirlwind. Peterson is has returned. <laughs> um, okay, so where we left off before yesterday's poor last night's poor decisions caught up with me, and I needed to sprint away from the microphone. <laughs> Sorry about the interruption. Uh, where we left off was um, Annabelle Lee telling Johnny, "You're a disgrace to the South." Why didn't? Yeah. You? And she says, "Why didn't you enlist?" And he tells her, "He says they wouldn't. They wouldn't take me." And she Straight looks at him and says. Me. They, they wouldn't take me straight up. They wouldn't take me. And she says, please don't lie. And I'm like, because we know oh, that he's not lying. And you're like, you need to just get the impetus mm-hmm. that kicks this whole thing off is this crazy, like, hyper patriot, insane. I'm going to just use, keep using the word. I know it's like it's not necessarily the best, but this is a crazy psycho bitch. This is who we're yeah. talking about. Um. They, they wouldn't take me. And she says, listen, if you don't find a way to get in there with all those mountains of glorious death, which will be cherry on topped by my dad and brother, I don't think we can be together. And you, at that point, Johnny Gray says, oh, my God, thank you for spelling it out so clearly. We can't be together. No, I'm wrong. That's not what he does. Nope. Not even a little bit. Ugh. 
Instead, he he does a is punishable by death to to um, to like it's being in, to impose yourself into the army. You're an imposter. He steals someone's identity. He steals an identity to become, yeah, hangable. That's hangable a hangable offense. offense. Yeah. Um. Well, wait. No, he does. Does he? I don't think he does. No, what he what happened? The way that he ends it's up. It's been three months. Max. I know, bro. I, I know. I can't be asked to remember details. No, not at all. Not at all. What it is is there's a union plot going on that we become privy to early on. There's oh, a there's right. a, a union plot to blow up a bunch of bridges. A bridge. Yep. In order supply to, chain. Yeah. <laughs> hundred percent, man. And hey, all they had to really do was send a couple sick people down to sneeze in faces, and I would have shut everything down too. Yeah. But no, they they're lend plan- them lend them some blankets. They- God, I know. You know what? 1861. Word. Yeah. 1861, dude. Um, Keaton. So Keaton is really bummed after she's like, we can't be together. And this is a great stunt. This is the one of the two famous stunts from this movie where he sits down on the connecting rod between. Yeah. On the coupling rod. And as the train starts, it and makes he's nervous. He's dude, just it's sit- so fucking dangerous. I know, dude. man. He's right by those wheels and he's got all the like dangling coattails down by the machinery. It's really scary to look at, but it's really excellent stunt work. Because you only fuck up once. Yeah, you either get that take or you die, and then that movie is over. No one shoots anything anymore because you got killed by a train. There's a lot of stunts in this movie that are like, if you did that wrong, you would die. And that's just Mm kind of how what would happen. The other thing is, so many people are just run and fall hard on railroad ties in this movie. Yeah. Because there isn't any like, oh, that's a rubber tie that we have put there for no. safety and stunt. No, that's or like, like a foam tie or it's like ja- well, you mentioned Jackie Chan, like <laughs> yeah. until recently, yeah. like if you see him get hit with a, with a fucking ladder, he's getting hit with a ladder. Like yeah, there's just, not, it's like there that... aren't props or fake shit. So yeah, if someone is falling onto a steel railroad tie, right. they are doing that. Yeah, that very thing. That is you just sacrifice your body for your art like and that's just like the the industry standard at this point. Yeah. It we joke about it in like the 60s and 70s like hey, we need somebody and to fall down a flight smokes. of stairs. Yeah. yeah, yeah, here's some here's a cart and your cigarettes and a case of beer and you're like, I'll do it. And you throw yourself down the fucking stairs and that's yep. how you shoot a stunt. And then you go to the doctor and they're like well, we fixed your broken arm. That's gonna be fifteen dollars. You're like, <laughs> you go to the doctor and you get in the like the Rocky Balboa report. It's like you got no cartilage anywhere in your body, anywhere left anymore. <laughs> uh, we don't know how you're standing. Uh, the, yeah, yeah. yeah so the the, the Dark Knight Rises you... doctor. Visit. Oh my God! Yeah, D- Dark Knight and Rocky Balboa standing next to each other in line at the doctor's office. Oh my like, God! No kidding. Right. Like, hey, so. What's your chart say? Oh, oh, oh. The, the doctor, <laughs> the doctor said he'd seen worse cartilage, and I said, Bruce, why are you, why are you talking that way, Bruce? I only talk this way now. <laughs> it's like if you cross your eyes, they stick that way. It happened with my yeah, neck. Exactly. It's not what hits you in the back <laughs> of the head when you cross your eyes. Um, so I mean, yeah, dude. Like, let's talk about let's talk about the stunts because we've we've talked about the parts of the movie that don't work. And are mm-hmm. uncomfortable and are bad. And the story beats aren't important enough. I mean, to no, go plot point by plot point, can, he I, like. I agree, but I do think that at so far we've shortchanged the movie because we haven't talked about. There are things in this movie that take your breath away. Nothing shortchanges a movie more than Carl saying, "Just go watch the stunts on YouTube." So I do want to sort of back that up a little bit. 
<laughs> but and, and not back it up. Like I want to back off of that. So you should probably watch the film. It's good. And don't I, don't do a YouTube. If there is enough. And seeing I, I don't know if there is. In, I don't know. I don't if know there though. Is. I don't know. But I seeing the stunts, nice, in, the seeing the stunts in context is yeah. There is something to that. But like, what I want to do now, as we can, as we talk our way through the end of the movie quickly, is basically just hit all the incredible things that Keaton does in this movie. Mm-hmm. And most of what we're notes. what we'll talk about from that point from this point on is not the story because the story is <laughs> kind of stupid and doesn't really go anywhere. And it kind of makes me angry because everyone's just horrible to this person. That's the only value you have is if you go and fight in this war. Yeah, is the, is the message like it's it's <sighs> literally like, well, if you want to be with me, then you need to be willing to die mm-hmm. for die for our cause. Like that <laughs> yep. is, I'm not even. I know that sounds like I'm poking fun at people today. That is literally the plot of this movie. Yep. That's it, man. And even the accent is accurate. This is the this is a deep south woman who's like, if you want any of this, you better suit up and get your gun and go fight for your country. That's it's hard. To, it's hard to glean an accent from a uh, from title a silent cards, film. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, with all those little all the all the ending G's are dropped off of everything. Yo, that they are, aren't they? They yeah. do that asterisk asterisk. Frightening. Yeah. Frightening. Frightening. Yeah. Fort Sumner Firebone. And you're this like is Fort Sumner. Sumner Fumpter. Fort Sumner Firebone. God dang shoot. <laughs> you know, like anyway. God dang shoot. So like what happens is this. Um, a bunch of Union dudes sneak onto a military supply train that uh, Keaton is engineering. Or no, it's, it's a commercial thing. And uh, when all the people get off the train, the Union mm-hmm. dudes run back on, pull the pin, and take off. And they've got, like, bombs and stuff, so they're going to blow up these bridges. And yep. they take off and leave everyone else behind, but Keaton chases the train. He, like, Johnny Gray just takes off at a full fucking sprint and tries to run this train down. And here's where we get one of the really cool stunts. There's a dude who's leaning his penny farthing against his gate. One of those big, giant front wheel, tiny rear wheel, old-timey-ass bicycles that are barely bicycles. And they're like six (laughs) and a half feet tall is where the seat is. There's welded, like, metal pipes. This one's wood. Oh, that oh, dude! It's fuck, a fucking man, yeah. wooden wooden penny farthing leaning against the gate, and this guy turns his back, and Keaton runs in from the right side of the screen, vaults up, lands on the chair with his or on the saddle with his feet on the pedals, and just rides away. Yeah, it is amazingly well timed and perfectly executed. Just that's nuts. But even just riding that fucking wooden penny farthing. On a rocky, pitted dirt road. Not on a paved road. That, Not a smooth surface. Dude, that alone is a stunt. He's literally riding this thing on, like, gravel. And he's, like, seven feet in the air. It's like if you were trying to ride a modern bicycle, but you were on stilts, and you had strings attached to the handlebars, yeah. and you're on a dirt road, and he pulls it off. It's like riding a modern bike, but both of your your frames, like, your frame is bent, as are both of your, like, Tires. Pubs. Yeah, yeah, and you're on gravel. But here's the cool thing. So and he, you have bars of soap tied to your wheels. Bars of soap. <laughs> yeah, where instead of playing cards, you have bars of soap in your spokes. Bars of soap, yeah. But, like, so he's he manages to ride for a little while, which is pretty impressive. But then, even more impressive, he falls over. He falls off this seven-foot-high bike into a ditch. He's falling, like, ten feet onto the ground, and he just takes it like a champion. Yep. 
So that's wild. And I, I, you got to write down here. That's the problem. Again, all of Keaton's stunts and physicality are great. It's just literally everything else is about people yeah. trying to maintain slavery by seceding from the country and or is boring. So jumping back to Keaton, Keaton on the train. Here's the meat of the movie. We made it through all the shit that makes you want to turn the movie off. And now we're in the chunk of movie that makes you want to watch the film. Yes. There will be another exit point coming up here. Yes. But when he like when he's there's a cannon attached to the back of um this train that Keaton steals cuz Keaton makes it to I can't remember exactly how he gets there, but he gets to like a a fort up ahead and he's like there's another train. They've stolen a blah blah blah. Everybody on board and he's the engineer, so he jumps in the train to like haul the rest of these Confederate soldiers in pursuit. But mm-hmm. he doesn't realize that the pin's been pulled and it's not connected. So all it is kind of a funny bit. All the soldiers jump on the train. He fires that puppy up and then steams off into the sunset alone as they all scream and try and chase him down. Hey, wait, 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 wait. So now it's him chasing. It's it's Johnny Gray chasing a train full of, of uh, Union soldiers in disguise. And the train that he's got, that Johnny Gray has, has a cannon dragging behind it. This cannon is some of the coolest timing stuff and so he he runs back to the cannon grabs the grabs the gunpowder throws in one handful of dude by the way listener the cannon mm-hmm. that he's filling up he should be putting like a pound or two of gunpowder yeah you want like uh like one of those small bourbon barrels that they have behind the bar that you make like manhattan yeah out yeah of. yeah that you amount. want like three three of those probably <laughs> and he, i love the bit where he puts he throws in one handful grabs a second handful of gunpowder to throw in there and then he thinks bet he looks at his hand looks at the cannon looks at the container and you're like ah oh, he's realized he needs way more and he puts Put half a handful back. back and puts a half handful in instead he's like one and a half handfuls got it that'll do <laughs> dials it back to 1.5 and then that cannonball fires straight into the conductor's box in a yeah. one shot. That is mm-hmm. a one shot, dude. Buster Keaton is Pr- sitting. Awesome. It's amazing. He's sitting in the conductor's box and they literally shoot a giant cannonball right past his fucking head into the conductor's box. That is insanely dangerous. I can't we're believe gonna, We're going to have a safety meeting before anything that we shoot, Max. Oh, uh, yeah. So, you know, even if it's like a poker scene where we're just like. Now listen. Playing, uh, characters are playing hands of cards. Like we're we, gonna have safety we want every, meetings. We want everybody to be aware that paper cuts are a real risk here because we've got yep. now, Bill. Have you shuffled before? Have you shuffled cards? They're gonna be riffling right past your fingertips, and you don't want one of these <laughs> under the fingernails. Meanwhile, back in 1927, <laughs> Keaton's like, "What do you think? Do you think it would be cool if we fired a cannonball? Shot a cannonball at, at me? My head? At my head? Like it's it'll pro- it's gonna hit the boiler less than a foot from me. What do you guys yeah. think?" And everyone on set is like, that's going to be fucking wild. Oh, we can only so do it. We can only do it once. There's not going to be any testing it. Because, again, <laughs> if you get it wrong. Our star no and director and writer is yeah. dead. Yeah. So they, <laughs> they do that. Then, even better, yeah, there's like a bump. He keeps hitting like bumps and shit. And it knocks the hitch out. And then this fallen hitch, the, now that the cannon is rolling along behind him. This is so cool. That fallen hitch is hitting the ties, and that t- the hitch hitting the ties drops the cannon down so that it's aiming yeah. directly <laughs> at the train in front. This is after he's thrown in an entire um, – he throws in the rest of the can of gunpowder, yep. packs it with a, a, a cannonball, so this shot is going to fucking go. 
And then on his way out, he accidentally knocks the cannon off the back, chains himself, gets caught in a chain, and chains himself to the back of the train so the cannon's aiming directly at him. Dude, there are moments in this stupid little 1927 silent film where, like, I'm literally, like, on the edge of my seat. Like, oh, my God, he is going to get fucking shot. Um, (laughs) So I'm going to see someone die today. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know if I want to watch this because it is is 27. There's a chance that you just watch someone die on the screen (laughs) or an animal get killed. You never know. Um, So he climbs up into the back of the train, grabs a dude. There's little details all through this that are both funny but also impressive. He grabs this tiny little stick of wood and whips it at this cannon that's maybe 20, 30, 40, 50 feet behind the train, and he hits Mm -hmm. the cannon. That's the part of that shot that sticks with me, is he could have just grabbed a stick and whipped it at the cannon, and, oh, it's so futile. But he throws the stick, and it nails exactly what he's throwing it at, at a (laughs) decent distance. That's, just that is impressive. Um, So... Then we get we get that thing where the, the train goes around a bend, so for one second the cannon's not aiming at the train, and it fires forward, blows up next to the, the train he's pursuing with the Union dudes on it. They all turn around, comedy of errors. They uh, It's basically the, oh, God, what is it? It's the, what's that movie where the, oh, it's, it's Han Solo. It's Han Solo oh, in Star yes. Wars. He's running behind him, screaming up a storm, blasting, 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 and then they realize that it's just one man. And they all yeah. turn around and chase him back. It's that. Because they're like, oh. Exactly. They're like, holy shit, man. They're firing at us. There's a, the whole Union Army's behind us. And then we get, then we get basically the meat of the movie, which is this really, you can't say it's not, this really well choreographed, well thought out, highly impressive, fairly slow train chase. Yeah. For the fact that these are not like bullet trains with people flying around on the roofs of them. This is actually really interesting to watch. It's yeah. visually arresting. It's beautifully shot. And some of the it's stunts... Not, it's not Tom Cruise fighting on the top of a bullet train in Mission Impossible or whatever. No, like, it's, it's not that. It's like John Woo choreography, but trains. Yeah. Everything is so, like, gorgeous. And w- everything is timed, like, mm-hmm. to the razor second, man. Like, um, when, when they, they light that train car on fire and he ends up pushing it. And then he's like, <laughs> I gotta get out of here. And he... He jumps off the train, runs over, you know, changes the the track so that the one the burning car goes down one and he goes down this and little dog leg. He jumps on, he goes around the dog leg, and when he turns back around because the dog leg reconnects, he's right it's back like, oh, where he shit, started. Here. It's hilarious because he like he runs back to the car, sits down, and then he does this blink. He does this like <laughs> he does this little blink because he's like, what the like, f- wait a minute. Yeah, because just a second yeah. ago, he had him on separate tracks, and now he's like, what in the fuck? <laughs> huh. So then he... Uh, then that he, didn't work. So, the, so yeah, well, the, there's this... He has a, a, a an issue with his the actual steam engine. There's a pipe that blows steam right in his face, so he can't see, and he's like, shit, I got all the smoke, I got the steam, oh, man, I'm jammed up. And as he's dealing with the steam... There's a, a railroad tie because the, the the other thing that the people ahead of him have been doing is they're throwing, they're throwing obstacles onto the tracks, but he can't see that because he's got the steam and the smoke in his face. So he turns away to deal with the steam and the car that he's accidentally pushing again gets knocked off the rails by the railroad tie and knocks the tie off. And then when he fixes the steam and looks back forward, the car has gone. The car is gone. So he what like, the fuck? dude, it's amazing. It's so fucking funny. So he blinks 
And then he does like this slower blink. Like maybe I'm blinking too fast and it's not fixing. Is the, I want to make sure the camera picks this up. Well, it's in my mind, it's like Johnny Gray is like, well, okay. I blinked and saw the train car, and then I blinked and it was gone. I'm gonna do one more. I'm gonna blink, blink again. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, he like does a slow blink to like give it time to reappear, and nothing happens. Just that <laughs> nothing, little detail. Genius. Oh my god, it's so oh, funny, that's man. Funny. Um, then he he sees that one of the ties across the tracks, and for me, I know everybody loves. This is the scene, man. This is the moment. Yep, I'm with you. This is the one. This like is the, this every, is the one everyone knows too. Well, like when you say Buster Keaton, I yeah. feel like. The, ha- the facade of the house falling over. That is a crazy stunt. And this. These are the two stunts when you say Buster Keaton, most people think of. I always think of him sitting of sitting two. on the connector rod. But, like, you're right. This, yeah. to me, is the most impressive stunt in this movie. And I got to give him the, the facade of the house falling just for key- the pure stones. Because if you don't yeah. get it right, you're dead. I, most of what he does is we if got you don't one get it shot right, to do dead. this. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so... There's a tr- there's a tie across the t- tracks in front of the train, maybe 50 yards, b- way too close, like e- eerily close. He runs ahead of he jumps out of a moving train, scurries down the front of it and then runs along the tracks in front of an unmanned moving train to get to this tie. It's an awesome stunt. It's so nerve wracking. I, I wrote down every time Keaton's on the cow catcher. I love this movie. Yep. So he he jumps, he runs in ahead, and he, like, lifts this tie up and then gets hit from behind by the train. By the tra- he gets hit by a train, lands on the cow catcher, and hooks his heels in. If you watch his feet, like, when he falls down, he knows if he slides forward and off this cow catcher, he's, he's dead. The train. So he, yeah. like, falls on the cow catcher and catches himself, like Jackie Chan, with his heels. Then there's another tie coming up. So he's now standing on the front of an unmanned moving train with a giant railroad tie in his hands moving towards an obstacle in the tracks. And this is nuts, man. He raises that giant railroad tie and aims the one end of it like a spear so that when he throws it down, one end of this railroad tie hits the other, the off tracks end of the second railroad tie that's in the tracks and it flings in the air like a catapult using the left-hand track as a fulcrum, and he literally has to dodge backwards like Neo in order to avoid getting hit in the face by the tie that's flipping through the air that he just launched. That scene gives me so much anxiety, man. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy. wild. It's yeah. totally crazy to see. And then the next thing you see is we cut to the Union train where they have, they've caught Annabelle Lee. She's been captured. Oh um, dear, not Annabelle Lee. Yeah, I didn't even Hope- talk about it because who gives a shit? But hopefully the- they execute her. Well, do they almost do it in the first stunt we see her do? They take her out of the box car, the car behind the the engine, while the train is moving. She's in a sack from her waist to the top of her head. They like throw a sack over the top of her, tie up her feet, tie up her hands, and then run a rope around the sack. And then a bunch of men pass a living woman from the. The pre from the boxcar over open space to the train engine to the engine of the train while it's moving. She's dude. That's like it's like if suddenly they like dropped her and she fell under the wheels, but then Chris Angel popped out on top of the the fucking train car. Like 
it is it looks like the setup for the most dangerous escape you've ever seen. You're like, I can't yeah. she's blindfolded, bagged, and I'm trusting these like five dudes on shaky footing to pass her from car to car. Nuts. Like now, okay, there is a moment right here that I I do think I see Keaton making Pardon uh, me. No worries. You, see, you do you pick that up? No, you do this every time. You lean away from the mic so no one really hears it, and then you're like did everyone hear that sick fart that I just did? <laughs> it was pretty wet. I hope they didn't hear the shit. And I'm like, well, they, they didn't. But now you they told, didn't. But now told you them brought that it up. Yeah. <laughs> um, God damn it. There, there is one bit here where I think that Keaton is acknowledging his subject matter in a way, and I think that it's a clever way to kind of, to kind of let Johnny Gray slightly off the hook. This is the only real mm-hmm. evidence that I could find. Um, there's that that kind of comedy of errors bit where uh, Johnny's chopping wood to feed the fire and he has his back to that battlefield that's right behind him. Mm -hmm. So the South is retreating en masse behind him. There's like hundreds and hundreds of Confederate soldiers fleeing, fleeing the Union advance. And Mm -hmm. he has his back to them. So he doesn't see any of that. So this was the best I could come up with. The, the scene where the South is retreating while Johnny Gray chops wood with his back to it all, including the Northern advance. He doesn't see the Union soldiers either. Yep. This seems like an apt metaphor for this man's life. This guy is just trying to keep his train running. Exactly. Like, that to me, this is like the one small nod in the movie that supports, in my mind, that this is a... This, is a, uh, th- this situation is just... Ordinary man, extraordinary circumstances. Absolutely. This, he's not one of the like, I'm involved in the war, I'm rah, rah, the war. This is just a dude who, lo- what does he love? He loves his train and this right. really mean, and crazy And this horrible guy. fucking piece of shit. Right. And like, you get the sense that like, <laughs> he, like dad and brother are like, Fort Sumter's been fired upon. Run to the enlistment office. He's like, well, okay, let's keep kissing. What do you know? He, he yeah. It, he really has to be pushed into the war and this one shot which is kind of funny on its own I think functions as a as a metaphor that kind of allows a little more empathy for our hero mm-hmm. um, unfortunately this is kind of where the movie ends for a long time kind of yeah we take the off ramp here he, for a good long while yeah man he because he get he's now in the in Union territory he's past mm-hmm. the front you know what I mean he's behind enemy lines which means that he's got to ditch the train. And yes. when you take the the train movie, The General, and you take the train out of it, you're kind of left with a lot. So we nope. get we he overhears a plot. Like I'll just burn. I'll just burn real quick. Yeah, go for it. He uh oh god, but there's little there's little moments. So he finds this like house, this cabin in the woods where it's raining, right? And there's light in the window, and there's this great moment where Keaton sprints onto screen, slides on his knees through all through like thirty feet of mud. And then right before the window, which is about eye height for him, he does like a leg, this weird leg spring where it, I can't describe it to you. This is one of the things that you will get by watching this movie is you get to see mm-hmm. you get to see Keaton do this weird thing that I can't describe. He's sliding like almost on his ass or maybe on his knees, like deep down. He's flying sprays of mud coming off of him. And then right before the window, he just stands up into it. Doink. And he's just perfectly pinned to the window. It's gorgeous. It's yeah. gorgeous to watch somebody with that kind of control over their body. Again, it's like watching Jackie Chan jump mm-hmm. through 
like a, a gap in a wall that is literally the exact same size as his body. It's that level of impressive. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, so we get he overhears some stuff. There's some slapstick that's like moderately entertaining. Um, then Annabelle gets thrown into like a room for captivity. He he knocks out a couple of guards, causes some CTE, rescues her. Um, the lightning. They spend a, they spend a night in the rain. Oh no, they they sleep on the forest floor, don't they? Yeah, we have a we have an interesting yeah. little bit where uh, Annabelle steps in a bear trap, which she would have completely oh, right. been fucking James no. Conned, dude. This is yep. the there's the other end of the movie is Annabelle Leeds loses her right leg to a bear trap right, and yeah, bleeds no out in the rain, you know. <laughs> but uh, because then Keaton getting her out of it, he gets clamped in it like four times. So that's that's why you still have a bear problem, by the way, is your bear traps weak too much too weak, weak. dude well those that's, don't don't make them out of this is when they were making them out of nerf apparently because yeah the nerf, the nerf ones because annabelle's not yeah. even limping the next day and you gotta get this you gotta get the straw dogs bear traps oh yeah cut those a man little. in half drop it on him take yeah. his make his ribs pop Woo! up or just have Woo! sam can you imagine the, sam peck and pause the, the general the <laughs> general i want to see that now you know it's fucked up i kind of do too i'd be like man can you just imagine Imagine Smash all that the up like with the wild bunch and we're good to go, man. Oh, I know. Just imagine like the buckets of like organ meat just flying all over the movie <laughs> after this. Pe- so many people are going under the wheels. So yes. many people. Johnny Gray probably losing a limb before the end. Oh yeah, that's the 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 little twist. The going into Act Three is Johnny Gray ends up under the train. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be fucking nuts. And then Annabelle Lee goes. Yeah, on. Annabelle Lee's like. Ah, God, I gotta drive this thing. That's when the bagpipes start, and Annabelle Lee goes on her kill Kate crazy rampage because she's been robbed. You killed Johnny. You killed Johnny. You bastards. You bastards. You get a little bloody mama with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But, um... Yeah, my my next two notes are, once the train's out of the picture, this movie slows down. Yep. Uh, I don't even care about that. I really don't care about that. Oh, we're back on a train. Here's... Yeah, there it is. This is pretty cool. After, um... After Johnny and Annabelle steal that train again, the shit with the telephone poles was cool. That was pretty wicked, dude. Johnny that was neat. Johnny Gray throws a uh, throws a rope up around like some telephone poles, and then ties it to the back of the train and leaves Annabelle back there with a hatchet. And then they take off in the train, and it pulls the telephone uh, like a bunch of telephone poles and wires down across the tracks. Once like. A, a fair number are down. She cuts it loose from the train so that they don't get bogged down. Pretty smart. Very interesting. Like it's it's cool to watch. It's definitely yeah. cool to watch. Um, there's some funny physical comedy when they get to one of the water towers where you reload the water for your steam engine. Uh, the water tower. It, he they open it too early as Johnny is setting up the downspout. So the initial blast knocks. Uh, Annabelle on her ass on a big pile of wood. Like again, this yeah. is just actors falling on really hard on shit hard, that could hurt you. Actors bad. falling on hard stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like it's like it's almost like watching Jackass, but with a higher budget. You know, you're like, oh Christ, they just fell on and a now pile you watch, of wood. Now you watch the behind the scenes of like you know Star Wars Episode Three and shit when they're all falling onto like pillows and inflatable things and softy like fucking pussies. I know, dude. You're oh. like. <laughs> 
you fall, just fall on actual lava rocks. Piece you, of shit. Yeah, you just want to be like Marion Mack lost a finger shooting the general. Yeah, <laughs> you know? like, exactly. oh, God, but it's really funny because the the uh, the water tower sprays her onto her ass, and then Johnny gets the he's like, oh shit! So he gets the downspout in place, and the downspout is aiming exactly where she fell, so she gets where a second fell. blast. Ah, oh, God, I I have to say it because it's my thought, but like, dude, it's Pierre Chaplin. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what it is? You know what it is? The stuff the stuff that makes me laugh makes me feel entertained and enthusiastic and the lighthearted stuff feels like Chaplin cuz Chaplin's whole films whole thing feel that, that way. Yeah. So Keaton's this picture, I I haven't seen enough to to broadly talk about the dude, but like this picture does not have that vibe. It has moments mm-hmm. that catch that vibe, but it makes yeah, me think exactly. of Chaplin cuz Chaplin's whole oeuvre is just that vibe. That you know, that's I think that's why I go back to Chaplin's films more frequently. Yeah. Um, the water tower thing is funny. The uh, Johnny. So this is this is basically here. We're at the climax. They park the train that they've stolen to flee Union lines. They're being pursued again by more Union soldiers. They park the train on a bridge. And this stunt is real. They really did this. This is the, the small amount of research that I did. Um, at the time, most expensive stunt ever because it destroys two trains and a bridge. For real. They just really do what you're about to see, and it's awesome. My note is, oh, my God, it just really just burned that fucking bridge. Yeah, like, it's a huge wooden like wooden bridge over a river, and they park a train on it, and then they light the bridge on fire, and there's two actors still on the train and on the bridge. It's nuts, dude. You're looking at it like, you could really fucking do anything you wanted. It yeah. didn't. There was no one to tell you no. It's open season for people possibly dying on set every day. Every day. And speaking of that Jackie Chan stunt that we used as an example earlier, the next mm-hmm. thing is Johnny realizes that he's lit the fire on the wrong side of the fire. So he's like, oh, yep. shit. So what does he do? Buster Keaton jumps over like a six-foot-wide bonfire and perfectly falls between two tra- um, two uh, uh, railroad ties, falls through the gap, about 40 feet down into a river. Yeah. For real. Just really does that. And you look at it and you're like, how did he not die doing that? Oh my God. It's a cool stunt. It's so fucking cool. Then the union shows up and just when you thought it couldn't get any more rad, they're like, just go for it. Just fucking go for it. We're going to make it, man. And they hustle that train up there. And as soon as the train hits the area where the fire is, the whole bridge collapses into the river, yep. and the train fucking just goes. Everything goes with it, baby. It you then you and when it hits, you see the boiler hit the water, and you get this like mushroom cloud of st- smoke and steam. Yep. It you know what? Even for twenty, I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna say even for twenty seven. No. I'm gonna say for all time, it is one of the coolest stunts you'll see. Yeah. It's like anytime well, when you're actually launching a train a tra- on fire off a real bridge yes! into a river, it's pretty fucking it's impressive. It's pretty fucking so. impressive, dude. It's like this. It's like the scene from True Lies. When you watch True Lies and you see the like the bridge is out, Harry, the bridge is out. Yeah, man. I, I'm going to say definitively, you do not get that car, that helicopter stunt car flies off the bridge without Buster Keaton putting no. this train in the river. Well, Jackie Chan is on record as saying like his biggest influences are like Buster Keaton and Chaplin as far as his physical performance. So you don't get a lot of the Jackie Chan funny. Yeah, I think you'd still get the stunt work. I think you still get right. the amazing fight choreography. But those, you know, going in between two or three ladders 
and that kind of stuff. The the you don't get that without Keaton. I, I totally agree, and, and I think that all three of them are of a kind. Even though Jackie Chan's the only one who's who does like a lot of like t- like fighting, you know, he's an action mm-hmm. star. I still call all of these guys just for their physical prowess. I call them. I think of them all as like acrobatic martial arts clowns. Yeah, that is this, that is exactly what they they oh, fuck. That's a great way of putting it, man. It's totally right. Super accurate. Yeah, absolutely. Oh God, it's just the the train burning bridge collapse the watching watching keaton there's a moment in here where he needs to he needs to get the axe from the front of the train so he just full tilt runs from the rear of the train to the front of the train grabs an axe and then runs back and what he's running on is loose wood and he's jumping over open gaps over train tracks that are passing cuz the train is moving yeah. he's jumping over fire and he does it at a full sprint without slowing down even once. Early in the movie, you get to see just Buster Keaton sprinting down the center of train tracks, which means he's running on railroad ties. On rail ties, yeah. Just that alone. I can't even walk down a fucking... Dude, not, right? I'm tripping over myself. Oh I've my got God. like, ah, fucking I'm, miserable. I'm on my face in 10 seconds. I try and yep. do what he does. And Easy. He, and he's running like hundreds of yards, never missing a tie, never misplacing his foot. Just just the physicality of the lead man in this movie alone, for me, makes it worth watching. Absolutely. Um, there's a big giant battle at the end, and I'll, but here's the thing. It's not that impressive. Like the re- Once the train goes in the river, you're good. You're pretty much fiend. good. Yeah, fiend. You, you could totally yeah. fiend this. Um, there's a troubling joke where the punchline, the joke itself is predicated on a three-man cannon crew being shot to death. In mm-hmm. front of our hero, like that's the funny thing is all how many people are dying around him. That's that's kind of weird now. A little dark and weird, yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a funny bit in the end where they dress him up in a uniform, uh, a lieutenant's uniform, and he mm-hmm. there's a moment where he like strikes. Yeah, the the saluting is fun so that he can finally yeah. mack on Annabelle Lee. But the moment that I like is when they announce that he's officially a lieutenant. Because he's got like he's in the like the lieutenant's garb. He's really gawky and like, well, what do you mean? I'm just a private. I just I ain't even a soldier. You know, like that's the vibe. And then they're like, Lieutenant, congratulations, because he's a war hero at this point. You know, he's foiled a Union advance, and he strikes. What I'm thinking of is like the pose. He strikes mm-hmm. like the Confederate Army high command pose, and he must, dude. It's that thing of him putting the hat on. Yep. Every Changes. every shoulder. Every sh- the angle of his shoulder, the set of his head, the cock of his hips and his knees and his tall boots and the way that he touches the sword, you get the sense that Keaton looked at a thousand photographs from the Civil War and worked on miming that one, like, douchey, like, let's stand still for 25 minutes so they can record how Make serious record we were. Yeah, exactly. You know, like... And he, dude, he nails the pose. He does that pose, and it is so exactly the one from every fucking Ken Burns photograph. Every photo, yeah, exactly. It is so spot on that it becomes, to me, like almost a stunt. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like to have that kind of control where you can just boom hit hit nail it. It's cool. It's definitely cool. Um, and the final battle scene right before that, it is. I can't take anything away from it. It is super well shot. It's beautifully shot, and it's really well choreographed, too, because you literally are talking about 100 people, 100 extras on either side. That was a very big day. It's that, yes, dude. That's a big day, man. Like, you Just imagine the coverage that they shot that day. 
Imagine Seriously. the number of cameras on set that day. Because mm-hmm. this is like, it's like a Ben-Hur, Cleopatra-style massive scene with tons of extras everyone's fighting there's lots of hand-to-hand combat and there's none of that if you look at the scene there's none of that bull you've seen it where it's like that bullshit Mm -hmm. like oh we're fighting but it's just the extras don't know what to do so they just clang so they're kind of flailing right yeah left right we're sword fighting right left right you know like if they're just clanging when when you get extras clanging or we're gonna grapple we're grappling oh is the camera still on us this is a long grapple is that they call cut? No, they didn't call. Just keep grappling. Oh, I got you under the head, but now you got me under the head, and now I got you under the head, and you're like, "All right, guys. <laughs> All right, guys. One of you should just die now, and then the other guy, you just go run off screen like you got something else to do, because <laughs> this is. But you watch, you watch this puppy, and uh, you know, man, every person is doing something for They're, real. They've got, they have, they have things to do that aren't just. And that's slappy, 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 slappy. Right, right. There's no grappling. There's no clanging. These dudes, this, it looks like war. It really yeah. kind of looks like war. And maybe that's part of why I'm just glossing it is the stunts are less impressive. It's that same thing we talked about at the beginning. The subject matter is so fucking dark and haunting and horrible. Like we're watching something like Antietam, you know, like these yeah. super bloody, horrible. We know what this war was. You know, in 22, we know what this war Mm -hmm. was and what it was like. And it's hard to watch that and have that in your head and try and laugh at the joke where, like, three dudes get shot and then Keaton's sword blade flies off because you've got a shitty sword. And that happens to kill a person. It goes. It goes through the sharpshooter and he goes and recovers his blade. And he's totally unaffected by the fact that he's killed someone. This is his first. This is a murder. He just, I mean, it's a battlefield, but. He just I killed, killed someone today. Yeah. Yeah, and the and the effect of that is supposed to be us like <laughs> charming, quite quite that, charming. It, there's a dissonance. There's a dissonance yeah. that kind of holds you at arm's length for some chunks of the film. But you, can, I, I'm not going to take anything away from it because it's really well shot. It's super well choreographed, and it's kicked off by literally one of the coolest stunts I've ever seen. It's definitely a stunt nomination for this. Any, for this any, year's uh, well, yeah. Anytime, like I said, anytime someone throws a train off a bridge, I'm in. Yeah, I'm dude. There. Even if it do- even if they didn't shoot it that well, the commitment to actually doing it, hell yeah, yeah. I'm there for it. Yeah. Um, that's kind of the end. We get a vaguely yeah. happy ending, but not really because now he's trapped in this toxic relationship with this heinous woman with really skewed moral values. And, but- and he's a and he's a high ranking officer in a army that will soon be L- will lose um, a war and lose a war and be. Yeah, you decimated, know, and then he's going to... Remembered fondly for the rest of time. Right, and I mean, well, no one's tearing down Keaton statues, so I guess he got, no. out, like, fairly unscathed. Exactly. But that's that's it. That's what I've got. That's, ni- for me, my, 1927's The General is a weird movie, and I don't even yep. know... I don't. Normally, I'm like, give it a pass or give it a watch. This one just sits in a strange spot for me. Yeah, me too. It's like watch, watch, watch. At least watch some of the the, the stunt stuff on YouTube. Yeah. If you want to, you know, tie it all together with kind of a silly story. We got sixty two minutes. I actually, I, I'm, I, I think I'm with you on this. Like, if you're not, if you're not a film person, if you're just like, I like, I like watching movies from time to time. This one is very cool for the stunts. Watch the stunt reel on YouTube. I actually support that. But if you are yeah. a film person, if you're interested in seeing what's come before, so you, you can, absolutely should watch this. If you're a film person, if you're a film person, you gotta watch it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I, and that's that's one thing that you know, as we haven't done the show in a while, but I'm, I'm watching movies all the way through. You know, I just keep 
keep on spinning yep. them because there's nothing else to do a lot of the time. Um, it's cool to see what came before because you understand what you're seeing now better. Like, I think exactly. I appreciate Ari Aster more and Quentin Tarantino more for having watched the films that inspired those people. You you know what I mean? Absolutely, man. Seeing seeing the influence and how it changed through the through the eyes of new directors or through their own influence is fucking right wonderful. right i yeah, love it definitely um last last minute recommendation because i forgot to do it at the top of the show if you go on spotify um eli roth's history of horror uncut all 12 yeah. episodes are available right now to uh to listen to and the first one episode one is stephen king so if you he he did a show over on what, what sort of what sort of thing does does that man do? I've not heard this. Stephen the, King. The, uh, Stephen I, King. I've is... heard him described as horror adjacent, or also alternatively, yeah. the literal fucking heart of American horror for the last forty years. Stephen King. Anyway, Eli Roth's History of Horror Uncut. Yeah. Very very cool. If you're a movie fan, especially a horror fan, check it out. Um. That's kind of it. Do you have any more thoughts on this, or can we? Well, we want to. Uh, we can. We can put a. We can put a nice uh, black and white ribbon on this movie film let's, called The General. Let's wrap our it up three. Our three bow. month journey with The General. <laughs> I don't think it's been three months. We did okay for not we having right. for not having seen the movie since like last year. We did all right. Yeah, I think we did okay. All right, listeners, if you want to find us, if you're curious about more episodes we've done, other films we've covered, ones in color, ones with dialogue things like that you can head on over to patreon.com slash quillandfilm q-u-i-l-l-a-n-d-f-i-l-m that's where we're most active currently in the future i mean in the past we have been and in the future again we will be uh very active again on instagram and facebook both of those are yes. measuring flicks you can go check out the website where all the episodes are hosted there's not a ton going on there right now possibly more in the future as we open up um film projects later this fall that's quillandfilmproductions.com um, if you want to hear tunes and music, that sort of thing, again, Patreon, drop us a line at measuringflixpodcast at gmail.com. If you like our show, if you're glad to hear us again and you're happy that we're back after the, the unfortunate hiatus we ended up having to take, the best way that you can do that right now is tell people about the show. Share it. Don't tell them we were gone for a long time. That'll spook them. Tell them that we're back and that we're doing well. <laughs> And that there's a huge we have a lot of there's a lot of content for them to sort. Yes, through. there's a lot of backlog. Actually, I would we just heard some nice things about our Blue Velvet and Eraserhead episodes. Blue Velvet, yeah, from yeah, season uh, one. Yep, yep, got some very good. Uh, someone listened to uh, both of those episodes on a long drive and texted me and said, "I've not listened to your show before. I just listened to Blue Velvet and Eraserhead, and very well done." And sent a chef's kiss emoji. So I'm like, "Thank you, dude." The that chef's means kiss. A lot. All we're ever honestly after is the chef's kiss emoji. Just That's a, just what we want. Yeah. Um, so yeah, share it around. Word of mouth is the best way for our show to grow. Um, also rate and review. I hate saying that because I really don't like the algorithm and the way that it's changing yeah. our collective unconscious, but smash that like button. Oh God. If you must, if you must, if you're compelled, smash that like button, but, <laughs> but truly the one, another way you can get, get eyes on us or get, get us in people's ears is you can rate the show and leave a brief review people being willing to interact with content shows the computer overlords that that content has value. That's unfortunately yep. just how fucking shit works. It makes me so mad saying it. And one day I will manage to get through this point without the tirade. Without griping. I can't help it, man. I just don't no, like, I, I don't I like it. Like, I kind of <laughs> like the gripe, like keep it All in. Right. So rate, rate and review. That'll help us out a bunch. And again, um, you can always go to patreon.com and support us directly as these wonderful people have we would love so much to thank 
John Scheibe, William Rockwood, Casey Scheibe, Adeniele, Hartelli, Connor Sweeney, Kelly and Mike Wagner, Brian Jackson, Sister Sarah Hartley, Jeffrey T. Morgan, Kevin Ramirez. I'm just going to grandfather Kevin Ramirez in for like the rest I of this feel like season. He's, I feel like he he earned he's it. earned it. He completely yeah. earned it. So Kevin Ramirez, thank you. Thank you, bro. Um, Katie Clark, Leslie Ty, Baloney Shoes, Kristen Stewart, Micah Maybe, uh, and Mariah Rosado. I would also, I left her for last because I'd also like to thank Cassandra. If you haven't checked out Cassandra Explains at all, um, it's a pretty awesome podcast. Kind of nice. One of my nostalgias. favorites. It's on my top five most listened to podcasts now. So and I bring that one up because after I, after much time away for uh, dealing with personal stuff, I will be making a return possibly with my beautiful wife Bird. We'll be making a return to uh, Cassandra's show, and I'm totally going to spoil what we're talking about so people can watch it ahead of time. If you haven't seen it, I'm going to be going on Cassandra's show to talk about one of my all-time fucking favorite throwback, all my favorite actors is little kids movie, um, The Faculty. If you haven't seen Oh the, my god, Robert Rodriguez is hell Hell yes, dude. If you have not seen the goopy masterpiece that is The Faculty, watch it and go and check out Cassandra's show. Maybe you can catch Bird and I on there in the next couple of weeks. All right, that is it. Next week on Measuring Flicks, we're diving out of this silent era and out of the black and whites. And And into very loud, noisy, obnoxious fucking... Oh, bro, we're going... Carl and I, we're going into the cage with the man himself. It is our annual Nicolas Cage month. Fuck yeah, we are starting with Con Air. And depending on whether you like the man or not, we're going up or downhill from there. Oh, dude, I'm so excited Truth. for Nicolas Cage. Watch you, watch you some Con Air. It's, it, the cast is much, much better than that movie deserves. Oh, uh, yeah, sure is. I, I, the first time I watched it, I could not fucking believe what I was seeing. I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute. Okay, so Nicolas Cage, but John Cusack? Yeah. Oh, wait, John Malkovich? Danny Trejo? Ving Rames, and then you we have, and then half, Steve Buscemi. Yes, dude. Halfway through, you're like Steve Buscemi's in this. What in the fuck? Michael Ironsides pops up. That movie is so well cast and so poorly written and so well shot. Yeah. I just, dude, Conair is a ride. It's Brock. It's Bruckheimer Bay, baby. <sighs> so yeah, yeah. So we come to expect. Yep. All right. So next next month, the next four episodes, we're jumping into the cage, and then after that. We're we're going to I'm going to make a special announcement because we've been this has been years, years in the making. One of our patrons has a soft spot for Ryan Gosling and she has sent us. It's understandable. Absolutely understandable. Did you hear my my voice softened right up? Yeah. When we went to we went to AM radio. Just talking talking about about, just talking a little bit about him. So about the goss. I want a hot. I want want a bunch of hot goss sauce. Oh my god! We're gonna yeah, um, a full and we're gonna mm. give you a full month of hot goss sauce, very <laughs> short, very shortly. So after we're done with Nicolas Cage, we are delivering Cassandra. We are finally delivering for you, girl. We are doing a full month, including the film that she sent us a physical copy of, probably in order to force our hands so that we yep. must talk about it. I gave you the movie. You have to talk. Yeah, about she's like, it. I sent it to you in the mail. A primo copy. So we are going to be doing an entire month of Ryan Gosling films. I could not be happier. And the, it, watch for the return of uh, a one Nicholas Winding Refn, one of the Refn. more yeah. dividing, divisive directors we've had to talk about on the show. But that's it. We've already kept you long enough. It's way longer than the movie we were talking about, and uh, we hope you all enjoyed it. So we will see you next time uh, for a little, little, uh, little trip on Con Air. 
Bye, y'all. That was a good out.